On Friday, the church celebrated the feast day of St. Clair. St. Clair is a fascinating person. She was alive in the 1200s, and she's the first woman who heard the call of St. Francis, heard St. Francis preach, and said, I- I've got to follow this guy. So, if you, you know, St. Francis was alive in the 1100s, 1200s, and he basically lives a very poverty li- a life of poverty, trying to imitate the poverty of Jesus. And Claire leaves her very wealthy family. She actually has Francis cut her hair. And when her family sees that as much kind of, um, as much kind of like they were struggling with her and following him, that when they saw that, they thought, well, I guess, I guess this is it. Huh? This, is, this is the life she's chosen. And so she eventually founds a, a group of sisters, and they're living there in the central part of Italy. And at that time, it's the time of the Crusades. So the Turks are coming in, and they're basically pillaging their way through Europe and ending, coming towards Italy. And as they're coming towards Assisi, the town where Claire is, she decides her, the best thing she can do is she can go before the Blessed Sacrament, Jesus in the Eucharist, and just simply pray. And that actually happened on two occasions where she just prays. Now there's a story that I think is true, but I'm no historian, where what she felt the Lord asking her to do was she went up and she grabbed the Eucharist in the the monstrance, took the whole monstrance, and went and just held it up over the entire city. And when she had done that, the Turks decided, you know, this is not where we want to come, that it was actually the Lord that pushed them back in retreat. So either way, whether she was just in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament and they decided to turn around, or whether she went there and grabbed the Eucharist and presented our Lord to him and they decided to turn around. Well, either way is a pretty, pretty dramatic story. And you could imagine the terror of that moment, right? The moment of basically seeing a marooting band of soldiers pillaging their way through the countryside, coming to your village, thinking like, this, this is it. Like, nothing, we're not going to have anything left here. And the fear that that would begin to induce and just kind of the, the worry, the anxiety as to what would happen. And we see a bit of this sense of terror, this sense of fear in the gospel today. We see this kind of, this storm coming, this storm brewing as it approaches the apostles. There they are out in this boat, basically helpless. If you're out on a boat and a storm comes up and the winds are gushing against you and the waves are coming and your boats just basically can't do anything, you know, they don't have a motor they can turn on and... Well, they're not on Grand Lake St. Mary's, where if they capsized, they could just simply stand up and everything would be okay. So they've got some real danger, right? And they're really, they're really scared. They're worried about what could happen, and it's, it's pretty dire. And so Christ comes, right? He walks on the water towards them. But they're not sure that it's actually Jesus. They don't know what's going on, and it actually just induces more panic. Because they, they think, well, maybe this is a ghost. Who, who is this figure, strange figure, coming out to them? So they're still afraid, right? Their fear just kind of has a grip on them, the worry that they have. And Jesus says, do not be afraid, it is I. That he knows the fear that they have. He knows the terror. As they're looking out at the situation, things seem pretty rough, and he knows that. And so he tries to calm them down by saying, it's me, it's, it's Christ, it's your friend. But they still don't quite get it. So Peter wants a little bit of proof, which is understandable. But the proof that Peter asks is a bit unique. He doesn't say to Jesus, he says, if it is really you, tell me what we had for dinner last night. Or if it is really you, what's my mother-in-law's name? 
But he says, if it is really you, let me do what you're doing. Bid me to come out and walk on the water. That's a pretty bold request. That's a pretty kind of lofty says, like, prove it, Jesus. And you could imagine the rest of the apostles kind of sitting there like, you're going to want to do that, huh? And to Peter's credit, he stands up. And if you can just picture this scene, he goes to step out of the boat. And if you're one of the other apostles watching this, you know, your eyes would be fixed. Is When he places his boat or his foot on the water, what is going to happen? Is he going to just drop right through? Or is he going to actually be able to stand on the water? And of course, we know how the story goes. He begins to walk on the water. But then he notices things. The gospel says he noticed the wind. He probably noticed the waves that the winds created. And he begins to look and see like, I'm in the middle of a storm and I'm walking on the water. And his eyes leave our Lord. And that seems to be the real issue with it all. If his eyes fixate on Christ, he can do anything, right? He can walk on the water and he's going to be okay. He's going to be safe. But as he begins to look and he sees all of the obstacles, he sees all of the storms, he sees all of the distractions, well, then he begins to sink. He begins to fall into the water. And what a great image that is for us. If we keep our eyes fixated on the Lord, if we can focus upon him, well, really, as St. Paul says, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But when our eyes lose our focus and we get distracted by anything, it could be politics, it could be sports, it could be our jobs, it could be our own issues, it could be stuff going on in our family, it could be the news media, it could be gossip, whatever it is. When our eyes lose focus on Christ then we begin to sink. And it's not to say any of those things aren't actually important and they're not actually really things that we should focus on. But when they become the center of attention, well, that's when things begin to fall apart. And to even think about what we have coming up in, in this, this November, there's a big, a big vote happening in our state as there's an amend, a proposed amendment to the state constitution that basically puts women at risk, has the potential to allow abortion up to the moment of birth, takes away parents' rights and so many things with their kids. And there's a real, real issues at stake here in this upcoming election. And so the, the bishops asked all the priests in the, in the state of Ohio to preach four Sundays about it. And this one just to bring our awareness as to this is coming in November. And we'll talk about all the, maybe the different things about it in the months ahead. But this one is just to say there's trouble afoot. And we always know that there's difficulties in every time, whether it's the time of St. Clair and there's a marooning band of people coming to pillage our land, or if there's issues that are arising that could really have some detrimental effects for our people. And so what do we do in the midst of all of this? Whether it's Clair, whether it's St. Peter, whether it's us in our own day and age, We keep our eyes fixated on Jesus Christ. And much to Peter's credit in the gospel, when he begins to sink, he doesn't take matters into his own hand. He doesn't start like trying to tread water or he doesn't try to like grab the boat and pull himself up. He doesn't swim. He simply turns to the Lord and he says, Lord, save me. In the midst of him realizing he's falling, 
he cries out to the Lord and says, Jesus, save me. And it's this incredible recognition that he can't save himself, that he can't do this on his own, that his own ingenuity, his own ability to swim, or his own hard work in pulling himself up by his bootstraps ain't going to cut it. But he has to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, please save me. And what a great lesson that is for us also. When we feel like we're being overcome by whatever the waves are, to turn to the Lord before we try to fix ourselves, to say, Lord, Lord, you have to save me. And so we keep our eyes fixated on Jesus Christ, just as Peter did. And in this three months leading up to this upcoming November election, the bishops asked us to do a handful of things. One is to pray, to pray for our state, to pray for all of those who are struggling, but for all of those who are experiencing difficult pregnancies or those that are struggling with how they were made and the, the gender that God gave them, to pray. But they also asked us to fast, to give up something in pleading for God, for his mercy. So Father Willig and I kind of put our heads together and we're like, well, what could we do? Maybe the two of us in our own house to fast. And we thought, well, maybe between now and that election in November, we'll give up alcohol. Now, not that we're alcoholics and we need to kind of dry out for a little while, but you know, every now and then in the evening, it's nice to crack open a beer at the Freiburg homecoming. It's a nice thing to have a drink. But we decided, you know, for this, we're going to fast for this important cause. And so maybe there's something you can do in your own life. Maybe something that you can offer up for God, offer up to the Lord to implore his mercy. And then the last thing, the prayer, the fast, but also the service, the generosity that we show towards anybody in need whether it is to people who are experiencing difficult pregnancies or unexpected ones, or those in our communities who are struggling with how God made them and their own biology, because those are, those are difficult situations. And so how do we help them? How do we pray for them? How do we show them the mercy of God and help them know that they're loved by the Lord? And in all of this, whether it's the love of our neighbor or the love of God in our prayer and our fasting, how do we keep our eyes fixated on Jesus Christ. The storms come, people come, just as they did in St. Clair's time. How do we keep ourselves focused on the Lord, his love, his mercy, his strength, and his guidance, so that we'll have the utmost confidence? And even when we find ourselves seeking or sinking, we can say the same thing that St. Peter said, Lord, save me. And we'll trust that Christ is always there. Whether he beckons us out onto the waters, or he reaches out his hand to pick us up, we'll know that the Lord is close and he cares for all of his people if we simply just keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ.